Hey, Slough Fag Radio, Season 1, Episode 11. Tell us a little bit about what we just heard there, Well, I don't know much about it besides it is Mother's Finest. It was a, a heavy funk group from, well, it was around in the 80s. I don't know if they're around in the 70s. I don't know a lot about them. Where did you get the CD? That's a, what do you mean CD? CD? Are you giving away our... <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. It was a CD. We do hard copy here. CD, vinyl, usually vinyl, but if not, occasional CDs and cassettes, and that is it. No MP3s. That was Mother's Finest. That's a 1992 album called Black Radio Won't Play This Record. What is it called? Yeah, Black- so that's what it says. It's Black Radio Won't Play This Record. Just Like a Negro is the name of the song, and I will let the listener draw their own conclusions about what that means. I just found it interesting. Well, I liked the song back then. I found it interesting that a, that a, uh, a black group, an all-black, well, I don't know if they're all black, but a black group would put a song out with that title uh, and an album called Black Radio Won't Play This. Uh, and uh, yeah, they had some other... In the 90s, now, so that was 92. That was before the Rodney King. Oh, I don't know if it was Yeah, or not. Rodney King, I think. That was, was 92. No, that was 92. 92, was it? Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I don't know what the, if that song was, uh, what the implications of that title and that song are. I just know that it struck a chord of just like wow that's interesting um definitely dealing with black stereotypes in some way i don't know if it's humorous or what their what their angle was but very interesting um i mean mother's finest we are in a crazy time right now i believe we are so much several reasons is being debated that's right uh, yeah people's intentions are being debated and all that stuff yeah it's true taking down statues and stuff like that but um but you know, I mean, it's not. It doesn't have any like negative connotation. It's like a fun. No, it's like a fun. It's a, no, he's saying. He says, "I sometimes I find myself acting like a Negro. I do it for the fun of it." Hmm. I mean, it's a black guy speaking too, so obviously, it's, you know, he's playing into saying. I, mean, I don't know what he's saying about racial stereotypes, to be honest with you, but it's interesting. Yeah, we don't have a lyric sheet. Uh, well, yeah, I read the. I think I had the lyric sheet once, and it didn't really Did clue really? me in either what he really meant. But it's interesting. But uh, oh God, yeah. Yeah, but anyway. What's the, what's the uh, rest of that CD like? Oh, pretty similar, but not as you know, not as huh, as that song. You know, just <laughs> I wasn't crazy about a lot of it. It kind of bored me, but that song particularly stuck out. You know. What's well, the first uh, first track on the record? So yeah, mother's finest. Mother's finest. Um, right. So uh, here we are, still in quarantine, still in lockdown. Still having a great time in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, doing what we can. I'm uh, yeah. I'm making a lot of juice these days. <laughs> yeah. I am. I spend like so am I, two, two hours a day <laughs> squishing fruits and vegetables. And, uh, two hours a day squishing juice out, eh? Yeah, pretty much, man. Well, you know, it, yeah, we won't. Okay, here's another oh, interesting metaphor oh for my. you. Um, right. So uh, I'm sure people are, you know, sharing in that practice. Anyway, uh, once again, you should always juicing, keep, keep your... Call it juicing. Um, the juice got loose. Keep your pen and paper uh, handy every time you listen to Slough Fig Radio because you never know what's going to come online um, right you never know who's going to come online. You never know who's going to come online. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so right now we've got. Uh, I'm going to play uh, whoops. a band oh, that we. Sorry, uh, I got my. Good. We got hip to this band at one of the Alehorns of Power, right? Oh, Winterhawk. Winterhawk. Yeah, yes. Chicago. Are they from the Midwest? Are they from Chicago? I think, I think they're they from are. Chicago. The because, Chicago area, um, yeah. The, uh, the album I got here is called Live at the Aragon. And I guess that was an old ballroom somewhere in Chicago. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, they played with uh, us at the, the Alehorn of Power. And I remember them. I remember that they reminded me sort of, not re- well, sort of of Wishbone Ash or that, that general type of music. 
Very 70s, kind of earthy. This album was released in 2002 on Monster Records. Yeah. Um, I think it was recorded like much, much earlier. Though. Well, the guys in Winterhawk were considerably older than us, right? Oh, here you go. 1978, this was recorded. Whoa. Yeah, this was recorded in 1978. The, um, the guitar player guy, Jordan, um, Jordan uh, McCarris, he's uh, super cool. I remember meeting him and just like I was fanboy right from the beginning. And um, I've kept in touch with him slightly over the yeah, email yeah, I never over the years. I don't years think I talked to him know. much, but yeah. I've always wanted to like write like a bass and drum track and send it to him. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, with the guitars on it. I remember they made an impact that year at Alehorn. They really, they really like, whoa, Winterhawk, you know, like authentic 70s. As I said, Wishbone Ash, a little bit of, uh, oh, hell, I don't know. Uh, but, um, yeah, that I, I'd, I'd be curious to find out uh, exactly where they were from, too, for, uh, you know, like a... I remember seeing them on stage just going like, Whoa! These it's a guys real, it's a real thing. These it's guys the are opening for us. What were they? Yeah, it was the real thing. It was like it was very authentic. I remember I think that. That was when we played with like October Thirty One headlined, and we were right. Be- no, I don't not, remember. Not, uh, no, November's Doom. November's Doom. I don't. I don't I remember that particular who it was, but. But uh, Alehorn of Power. The Alehorn Power was a yeah. great festival. Too bad they didn't have it this year. It's another yeah, one of those no things kidding. that yeah. got Corona <laughs> yeah. canceled, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. But yeah. Miss Chicago, big things, time. Things are starting to open up around here, and if they're opening up is around that good, you though? too, uh, just be careful. <laughs> Try and use your common sense. Uh, you know, we want people to be able to come to shows um, when sooner rather than later. Yeah. And we're afraid that if we be stupid now, then we won't be able to have shows till you know twenty twenty three. Gets gets act stupid and gets coronavirus, and the gigs are going to suck. Are they? Yeah, because it's going to be Because everybody like, else going to get it, or they won't be gigs then? <laughs> no, because then, like, the 50 people who come to our shows, there's only going to oh, be, like, 40. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> That depends on where it is. If it's in Chicago, it'll be a lot more than that. Here, yeah, all bets are off, you know? <laughs> the scale the scale yeah. of the show will be <laughs> considerably changed. Yeah. Uh, Just please use your common sense. And uh, this song is from Winterhawk. This is called Bad Influence.
hidden hand for you there. This was um, Dark Horizons. I got this off of a uh, Southern Lord compilation. I have no idea where I got this, but it has a bunch of really good stuff on there. It's got some wolves in the throne room, a bunch of bands I can't read the logos, Leviathan, Burning Witch, 
Orthodox. I remember Burning Witch. Oh, I remember all those bands, actually. Yeah. But Burning, I, I think I do remember all those bands. Burning Witch, particularly, I can't remember what the deal was with them, though, why they, so they seemed to get some attention. And so Burning Witch got a lot of attention. Numbers. And knew somebody in that band or what the deal 7. was. or I don't remember. That was a while back. Now, the Hidden Hand. Hidden Hand's cool. I don't I like remember that whether that's after Spirit Caravan or before. I think it went obviously obsessed or his reincarnation of the reincarnation is re uh he, he started up the the uh obsessed again scott yeah, weinrich did it was really good wino did after uh he left saint vitus years after he left saint vitus as hell he left saint vitus in the 80s i think or no 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 we, we saw him 90, no no that's, that's that was the way back way later i mean whenever he left saint vitus it was either it was the late 80s or early 90s or whatever it was uh he got the obsessed back together and then that ended and he called it spirit caravan i believe before the hidden hand i can't remember and then it was called wino and then it was called the uh um uh the obsessed again and then he was back in saint vitus again and now i don't know what's going on but i like that song um i always like his his little weird take on what do you want to call that stoner rock or whatever you want to call it. I mean, maybe that's a maybe that's a cardinal sin. Maybe the yeah, the true, like, true doomers would be mad at me for calling like him stoner rock. Things like that. Oh, I, don't I like, do. I don't I like to it. compartmentalize. Oh, I love such to. Uh, <laughs> such things. I'm gonna pigeonhole Wino right now. No, that was a, I'm gonna <laughs> if he was here I'd pigeonhole him. That's um. Pigeonhole him. So but I'll do it from a distance. Distance finish <laughs> pigeonholing. He's a. Uh, Right there, that song was, uh, no, I, would, I don't know if I'd call it Stoner I don't know what I'd like, uh, Doom, you know. Is it True Doom? I think it might be. It'd be hard not to call him True Doom now. Uh, but yeah, the riffs are cool, and, and he's uh, has a weird take the way that one goes. Dun, 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 you know, there's a little tweaky things with yeah. those. Because, I mean, if you really go, dun, 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 it sounds like every other Stoner Rock band, so he has his little take on it. Go, dun, 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 tweaks the riff a little. The one thing about Wino on that stuff that I guess because he's playing guitar at the same time, or I don't know what, is that the vocal melodies that he writes are often a little less creative uh than the guitars like on that he just kind of sings uh, sort of a monotone line he, he often does that in songs that have more interesting guitar parts probably so he can sing them and yeah i talked to him play. about that and he said really? yeah uh, he said that the reason why he does that is because he has to concentrate so much on playing guitar because he can't see he has can't really, see oh he has really bad vision oh so when so when he sings He's like, Did he really say that? Yeah, yeah, I talked to him about yeah, it because yeah. I was like, dude, you need to sing right into the microphone, man. Oh, and, well. And he was, I was giving Wino stage pointers. And, <laughs> um, yeah, because he, he was. He was totally like singing away from the microphone. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, well, maybe lower the mic then so that you're singing into it. And he's like, I don't know, man. You know, he super cool about it. But yeah, yeah the reason yeah. why he sings those monotone things is because he's focusing so I guess, much on playing. yeah. Because in St. Vitus, he didn't do that. And I think he wrote his vocal, some of his vocal melodies in St. Vitus. So maybe, because he wasn't playing guitar was, in St. Yeah, Vitus. So that's why, guitar. maybe that's how, maybe that's, yeah. that's why it is. Yeah. Anyway. That was the last conversation I had with him. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> was he giving him advice? Yeah, I know. I, I've just said, hey, how you doing? A couple of times. I don't really know him at all, but yeah. And it was much he seemed very approachable, the though. The last yeah. time he played in San yeah. Francisco uh, with the Obsessed. Um, I don't think I was there. A couple of years ago. Dude, nobody was there. Yeah, I mean, it was. Really? Yeah, yeah. he played at the Elbow Room in San Francisco. There was probably that not, happens. not even 100 people. 
Well, that's for the elbow room. It ain't that bad. But yeah. you'd expect more of him. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I, I expected more, but uh, but there wasn't that many, uh, many people. Yeah, that sucks. Absinthe but... was there. Yeah. Okay. All right. All <laughs> right. All right. Out there. That was cool. We'll be free at last. Oh, no, no. Play that. Stinking Lizavetta. Okay, there's another band. In fact, that's interesting that, that we're playing that now because that's there's an association there. Um, Between... Them and, and Wino, uh, they just shared the stage many times oh. in my presence. And uh, uh, I think South by Southwest, or maybe somewhere, we played with them and and one of Wino's bands, perhaps. And I remember uh, Yanni, another, there's another underground legend, Yanni Papadopoulos. Right. Uh, and his brother, is a uh, whose first name I do not remember. Been a long time since uh, but he guys. played he's, his brother is an incredible musician um he's amazing bass player. stinky lizavetta he play, plays a, a stand-up uh non uh, stand-up electric bass that yeah. is fretless though still i believe and uh and then the drummer whose name is cheshire i believe i think i remember and we played with him a bunch of times right or several yeah. times several times and yeah, i used to see times. them in the 90s before i knew them Really? I knew who they were, but I didn't. I, I, I didn't know them personally. And then I. I mean, they used to tour constantly, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. And so they were out here, and they really blew people away in the '90s. They're, they're just there was no one else like them, and there still isn't. I don't know how much they tour now. I didn't get hip yeah. to them until um, until we played with them, and you were like, "Oh, dude, you're gonna love these guys." Yeah, they're awesome. And then uh, a couple of years later, or whatever, they came through San Francisco. I think we played with them, and uh, they stayed at my apartment. Yeah, I remember that night. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, we all hung and out. Dude was playing you guys stayed over there, and Yanni stayed at my house, and Cheshire and his brother oh, stayed yeah, at your yeah, house. Yeah. And we came over in the morning, and you guys were all, whatever, you're making breakfast or something. And then we went out uh, to the beach. I don't think you came, though. Yeah, but a bass player Got guy was playing my stand-up bass, and he was like a master on He's it. He's a total like, master. I was like, yeah. dude, this is awesome. Like, I'm getting a free bass lesson right in my apartment at like 2 in the morning. It was great. Yeah, so the Stinky Lizavetta is from Philadelphia, uh, and um, I guess they're probably still there if they're still together. I think they're still together. Um, and they knew they're from the old East Coast hardcore scene. They knew some of the bands that I had played with when I in the '80s when I was a kid uh, from that area, you know, from that era and from that area. And they're, you know, well, I guess we should just play them rather than talk about them. But that they were really heavy. They were really interesting. Instrument, three-piece instrumental band from Philly. And anybody who's been around the underground music scene in America for a long time should know about Sneaking Lizavetta because they played everywhere all the time. Yeah, yeah they toured constantly, right? Yeah. This is um, this is from a record called Caught Between yeah. Worlds. You can play came the song in, Caught Between Worlds. came out yeah. in 2004. This is the title track, Caught Between Two Worlds.
Back to talking about the, the the cheap prices of liquor at Rite Aid, we were discussing during that <laughs> song how the how Rite Aid has the best deals on beer and wine and booze, I believe. Traditionally, if yeah. you could find a Rite Aid that has it all in stock, um, there you know there is a Rite Aid uh, near my apartment, but they don't sell booze because it's uh, it's near the hospital. That was sort of Machiavelli from the uh, our latest album, our, our latest, latest cassette, cassette uh, effort. Um, that was a cassette. That was on cassette. There is a limited edition of cassettes of our album, New Organon, which came out last year. Adrian, tell us about that. Is this still available? What's up with that? Yeah, Who, we got Where did that come from? Because I don't know. I was told there was a cassette copy, but I never got any, man. This came from Spain. Um, this one is uh, 2019. Uh, the number is WR-023. It's got a one, two, three, four, Out of how, how many? It's got a six-panel uh, gatefold. How many did they uh, print? Oh, I don't know. Five hundred, thousand, something, something like that. Because really I'm, I'm glad to have the cassette copy though, because I listen to it. I listen to cassettes a lot at home, even though my cassette player kind of sucks and doesn't work that great. I listen, and um, I listen to our albums on cassette if I can get them. Uh, but but. Did any of the other Dragonheart stuff come out on cassette? N- uh, it did, in some other countries that I did not. So you don't even have one. Well, no, I know, you know. no, because I, I heard some people were, well, okay, some uh, somebody bootlegged a bunch of them, made cassettes out of them in, like, Poland. One guy said he got one there, and I can't remember what other countries saying, like, oh, yeah, I bought your album on cassette. But when I look at it, it looks kind of bootlegged, even though it's, you like know, it's... Photocopy? No, no, it's printed <laughs> up, you know, it's yeah, but I, I don't know who the hell, you know. I'd like to have that. Yeah, so the, the people who put this out, the Witchcraft Records... They're uh, they're super cool. They followed up with us like time after time again, trying to get it right. And I think um, they did a really good job. On they did a really good job yeah, on that it looks one. Yeah, good. It sounds good. The uh, oh, I- another interesting fact about yes. these tapes is that the one that we just listened to is a white cassette, right? Yeah. Black ones. Oh, do you I have one? Well, I didn't realize that until I sold some on the website, 
and then I just went into the box of them. And they were had. black. And I was like, with white writing or something? Or? No, it's all the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, it's the, white with the, green writing there. Yeah, yeah, and it's just black. I think it's black with green writing. But I was like, whoa, there's different colors. Oh, that's cool. So I'm wondering if there's. I need to get more of those, man. I like those cassettes. Um, yeah, they're do they have? Can I order some from them, or do they? Or did uh, you order a, a bunch? You have a bunch of them. Yeah, okay, I, I need box. to order some from you then. Yeah. I have a big box in the garage. I'll make you a deal. Around Christmas time, you'll make me a deal. I'll make you you a make, deal. He's gonna make me deal <laughs> my own album. How do you like that, folks? He wants to make me a deal on my own record. <laughs> make you a sweet deal, man. Yeah, that's 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 um, that's right. That particular Pally. song was one of the ones that we recorded yeah. here, right? In the we did. Space. Hey, we yeah, we didn't talk about that. So yeah. our latest album. Uh, that we didn't get to tour too much for the last summer. We did quite a few U.S. dates. Unfortunately, that's all we got to do. Um, that's New Organon. Uh, what what is it? There's eight out of the ten songs. Is there eight ten songs on it. Eight out of eight of them were Addison Philipsich uh, recorded. Philipchik. Philipchik, excuse me. Down at uh, that is. Oh, my, I, I spilled it. I spilled the dust. John Dust, A.K.A. John Dust. John Dust. Our ex-drummer. Uh, oh, it does say John Dust on of here. Of course yeah. it does. That's what he. That's his name. You know, John Dust. What did I just say? Something about Stage flip switch. Name. I don't know. What uh, no. stage name? John Dust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Dust played with us on eight of those songs down his at pen name. That's right. Phil Manley's studio. Oh, Phil Manley. Uh, that was the engineer. Uh, um, uh, oh, for God's sake! I'm. I really can't say anything today. Uh, What's the studio called? L Studio. L uh, mixed by Phil Manley at L Studio. L Studio. Mastered by Justin you remember Rice that? at Trackworks. Yeah. And so John Dust played on those eight tracks, but then uh, we wanted we did the eight tracks and we thought we want to do more later, right? Where there were one or two, there were one session where we did eight songs and then we did all the overdubs and I did the vocals and this and that. And then, what is it, two years later? We recorded those and it was years? about two years. Oh, not, because we, we, not because we were in there all the time, but because... Particularly, Phil, the engineer, and myself. Those first basic tracks were two the years final before. Of the album yeah, were two years apart. Probably. At least, yeah, about, right? yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. or maybe long. maybe just about two years. I don't These know. things take a lot of work, man. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> they take yeah. a lot of work, but it it was at a time when I was incredibly busy with everything else. When we recorded those basic tracks, I think I was teaching at two different schools and bartending all the time, and I don't know what. And Phil was incredible. Phil got oh, that's why Phil, the engineer, got had to get a full-time job after we did the basic tracks at another job, you know, doing some, I don't remember what. Uh, and he had a kid, too. So he was really, uh, really busy there. So we could never get in there. I mean, it was, it was just like once every six months, no, once every three months, we'd go in and do some overdubs. It was ridiculous. Um, and we were worried this, the album wouldn't sound lively that way, but it really did. Somehow it works. I mean, but uh, no, uh, Adrian, you, yeah. So the other two songs were with our drummer, Jeff Griffin, uh, who lasted, preceded John Dust. lasted almost two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's advertise how, how spinal tapish we are. Yeah. And uh, the only recording Jeff did with us was right here in this room. With you at the, uh, at the helm. Batuka, if we're going to be giving people's aliases away, Batuka Bass there. No, man, you're, uh, you're, um, spilling you're, the beans. Yeah, spilling, spilling all my, my secrets, man. But remember how, okay, Sort of Machiavelli, the song we just played, that came out really good, I think. And, uh, it's got every, a vibe, man. Yeah, well, I, I remember that, yeah, we, how did we, rec we recorded that with a particular guitar, was it my amp, I guess? And then Angelo's son for the leads or something. 
I don't remember. Man. And uh, something about the way we recorded that. that was different than the other one we recorded down here. It was that was sort of Machiavelli recorded right here, and it sounds really tight as its own, really great raw sound. The vocals came out great somehow, even though we did them right here. Um, with you know, a, not not any real. We had some soundproofing, but not much. Oh yeah, we made a little cave out of that stuff over there, right? Yeah, out of yeah. That, yeah. Put some panels up. But then the uh, yeah the other um, the other song called um, the cynic, the cynic is is a, I really love the song. Both the songs I really like how we wrote them in like two seconds each, just really spontaneous, you know, written. But we had a problem with the drum mic, right? On on oh, the cynic. Oh no, the the tape broke on that. Oh, the one. tape broke. That was the one where the tape broke. And didn't we also have a problem with the drum mic? Probably, maybe. I don't yeah, know. one side cut out or something. And the tape broke. You're right. We had a better track of the Cynic than we put on the record, right? A better take? Yeah, we had a better take, but... Um, the tape snapped in half. Yeah, the tape <laughs> snapped in half. Man, brutal. And then and I so tried what to did fix you do? it. I tried to fix it, and then you could just it just didn't sound right because it was in the middle of a drum fill. And so when we kept... Put, I tried to fix it by splicing it with some tape. And um, when we played it back, it like there was a jump in the in the. I remember that it yeah. didn't work at all, yeah. and that we asked Jeff. Uh, we said, "Well, look, man, you, you, we're gonna have to use your track that was not your favorite of the two. And he said, "It's all right. I don't yeah." And so we did it. Second best is still pretty good. It man. worked out pretty good, yeah. But it, that's the song that you can kind of tell it was. You know, it's a. You, it doesn't sound as like you can sort of tell it was done in rehearsal space on a. You know, on like an eight track, or you know, as opposed to sort of Machiavelli, you could, it sort of blends yeah, right in, tell. man. It really blends in with What's the rest that, of the record. Justin Weiss mastering, magic. maybe. Yeah, or so I don't think it was that way before. I think it's, I think. Well, okay. What what was the difference besides that? Was that it, or do you remember anything else about it? No, I don't really remember. Any, I don't have many notes. I mean, how did you record these? I mean, you did. That was tell everybody uh, what you used. Oh, I mean, you said the tape um, broke, so you're ta recording yeah, on tape. I remember that. Tascam thirty eight half inch reel to reel tape. Um, I don't remember what kind of microphones we used. Yeah. Okay. I have this, like, the, for vocals, I know that we used, I have this Chinese tube mic. That no, I, I remember that. Yeah, that that's I great. I replaced yeah. the tube with a, uh, with a, a vintage Telefunken tube. Oh. Yeah, because the, the stock tube that it came with sucked. And it sounded all like, it was very, it was really brash and harsh. Yeah. And then um, this dude that I met has a, huge stock of awesome old school tubes yeah and uh he was like oh you know you know what do you need it for and i was like well I, you know i'm for this microphone he's like oh because i was gonna get um i was gonna get a R not a rca something else i don't know there's all these like old school tube yeah yeah things and he was like no for for a microphone like that and he's like you should get a telefunken yeah and i mean I was it was like, a pretty so it was like an professional extra, like, mic bucks. i mean it worked it's i remember the vocals went pretty smoothly for those because i was really I come here after work. I remember, and I, w I was uh, well. I was uh, stressed about the fact that we had very, very little time to get that finished. We had a bit of a deadline on the record at that point, and we'd gotten all the eight songs done and 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 uh, mixed with Phil. But then in here, we had to sort of rush through those. I remember, and I was a little terrified that I wouldn't be able to do the vocals to my satisfaction. And somehow we just jammed it out. Speaking Record of which, the company had us on a deadline. Oh, yeah, the real deadline. Yeah, there was. Well, since we since we are talking about this, maybe we should uh, play that other song. Since oh, we're talking yeah, and yeah. talking about it, why not incorporate that into our show here? So what you just heard was sort of Machiavelli, a very short, sweet little ditty that we wrote right in this room. And then also this one was written. Now this was written 
way before that, this song, The Cynic. And remember how when I first wrote it, you guys were like, oh, it kind of sounds like a Ramon song. kind of sounds like a, kind of has a 50s vibe, which, of course, it doesn't sound that way in the final, uh, the final mix at all. But it did, some of the riffs sounded sort of, I guess, Ramones-ish at first. But you'll see how that evolved into something completely un-Ramones-ish, almost Thin Lizzy-ish, right? Yeah. All right, The Cynic, again, off a of New Organon.
don't even know. Yeah, so, so you can kind of hear the differences. You're right. Oh yeah, well that's this Amy, a, this aging Romeo has only just begun. This, you don't don't forget that man. Uh, that's uh, a that's, like, <laughs> that's your like most proudest moment oh. on the album. Oh god, yeah, yeah. That may be the last thing you ever hear from Mike Scalzi. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what's gonna happen. You know, we make another record. I don't know, but uh, it wouldn't be true then. I At suppose. This rate. But, yeah, uh, it's only <laughs> this aging Romeo has only just begun. To decay. Saging <laughs> uh, Romeo still yeah. aging. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, I love that song. I, mean, I remember. Do you remember writing that? I mean, do you remember when we came up with that? Is it? It was oh, with Addison. Really. I was down here, and I just both those songs. In fact, a lot of slough oh, fake the, songs. Yeah, no, the, the yeah, you that remember that? That was just one thing I remember. You came in, I, and you and Angelo. No, were actually, like, you and Angelo were like, "Hey, man." It was more like I came in and we started practicing. It like a lot of slough fake songs. I, I seem to write songs like when I'm about to put the guitar down. Like I'll be sitting in front of the TV or something, uh, or the internet or whatever I'm doing with the guitar strapped on, going, and then I'll just go, okay, I'm gonna get up and leave, or I'm gonna get up and get make something to eat or something. And I get up and I go, all right, I'm gonna get. Me. It happens constantly, and then I just just one last thing before I put the guitar down, I'll just go, I'll be, and then all of a sudden I'll go, wait. Because I wasn't thinking about it, you know, and I'll go. That's a riff, and I'll record the riff, and I'll turn it into a slough egg song. It's happened many times. That that both those songs were an example of that. But that particular one was when we were playing with Addison, and we were just practicing. I had no intention of writing a song or anything, and then suddenly we finished one thing, and then I just suddenly went, you know, just playing around. Went, and Addison went, and we were like, wait, that's kind of cool. You know, it became yeah, a song. Got good stuff there. And that's the same. Well, it was just one of those random things that you did. And Angelo came up with a harmony right there and then. The other thing that came up that way that, that was New Organon, the song New Organon, was when nobody was here but me and Addison on some Saturday afternoon. That was the first song that was actually finished for the record, right? Yeah. And we were sitting around here um, years ago at this point. It was probably like three, two and a half years ago, maybe three. And uh, me and Addison were here on a Saturday afternoon just because he, was, he, was, he hadn't been in the band that long. And I just, you know, suddenly I just went dun, 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 just playing around just with a simple thing. And he went, boom, boom, and the whole song comes out of it. So yeah, you guys did isn't a that lot fascinating? Of, you guys did a lot of one-on-one -on -one and stuff, you and Addison. Until he starts showing up wasted all the time, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> which wasn't as bad. It was just two of us. It was like, well, whatever. But we did. Well, I did that with a lot of drummers because you kind of, when they, you know, when you, when you're, as we have been in the last five years, uh, getting a new drummer every couple yeah. of years, you know, you <laughs> you got to sort of do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of. I can't of drink and play drums. It's too hard. I can't either. Yeah, but I'm I can't. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I can't drink and play drums, and I also can't not drink and play drums. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I drink. To, I drink to forget, Adrian. Don't you remember that? Don't you remember? Don't you? Remember? Every night. The scene <laughs> don't you is remember? Set. I drink to forget. But you know what? It could be a lot worse. You know, I could forget to drink. See. <laughs> oh. I, yeah, it could happen. It could happen. That one goes way back, man. All right, I'm gonna, make a, I'm gonna make a giant. My grandmother turn. doesn't doesn't. Uh, she's 89. She doesn't even need glasses. All right, what are we gonna do now? She drinks straight uh, from the bottle. I'm gonna yeah. do a double shot of evil. Let's oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, double shot of evil here. We'll listen to it, and then we'll talk about it. Home. Can't sleep at night. Grab your telephone. So 
Lord just ain't right. That's evil. Evil is going on wrong. I am warning you, brother. You better watch your happy home. Sleep at all. You know another mule is kicking in your stall. That's evil. Evil is going on wrong. I am pardoning you, brother. You better watch your happy home. You better catch him. Something wrong.
I double shot of evil there. I just, um, well, I really this came up because uh, the other day I was at home working from home as I do, and uh, and I listened to like three or four different things that all had the same like throughout the day. I listened to like three or four different albums by completely They're different They're all artists. the same what? Uh, they had the same titles of songs. You do that? Well, I didn't realize it until I was oh, like... Oh, I thought it was some kind of fetish you had or something like that. Like well, no, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm working from home, so I'm listening to like all my records, all my CDs, I'm listening to everything every day. Yeah, if you're, if you're, when you're working, yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically eight hours a day, I'm sitting in front of my computer. That's, how do you do... No, seriously, man, how, do you, how the hell do you do that shit? I know people who do it. I don't know how they stay sane. You know, the first few I can't, weeks... Because I, I would be dead, I'm telling you. The first few weeks were really hard. But um, now that I kind of figured out how to do it and how to entertain myself, I guess, man. So basically, yeah. at the end of every record side, a record record side is about what twenty three twenty minutes, minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So every twenty minutes, I get up and I get a new record. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. I like I, I did, I did like two and a half hours today. I did a Zoom. I, I taught a class on Zoom for an hour and a half, which is pretty brutal. But I mean, you're that's not. I mean, you're when you're doing that. I mean, I'm talking about. You know, Zoom, you got, I've got yeah. like 38 students on there. It's like, look, it's insane. There's two screens of them. You know, it's like looking at a, you know, a stamp collection or a, whatever, a yearbook or whatever. <laughs> stamp Most of them are awesome. moving. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there like going, blah, 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 talking about, you know, compatibilism and hard determinism. Hard determinism, bro. Uh, <laughs> universal causation, principle of alternative possibilities, all this nonsense, you know. Um, and uh, what's the title of this Leo- intro? Leopold and Loeb, Clarence Darrow, uh, the murder of Bobby Franks in 1920, whatever it was. It's a, it's you know it's a ethics stuff, but it is a inter- introduction to philosophy class. So yeah, we're yeah, okay, intro, yeah. Free will versus so determinism, really, so right? So going through a lot of different things. Yeah, you, right now, yeah, yes. Free will, determinism, ethical relativism, um, dualism versus monism. Stimulate blah, blah, blah. those young minds. Stimulating Mike. their young minds, yeah, and and uh, <laughs> and um. Uh, I can't listen to music when I'm doing that, obviously. Right. But then I get off that, and, and there was a half hour before I did that where I was, you know, looking through all the notes and stuff. And then for another hour or so afterwards, I'm playing around with the uh, teaching software and posting things and emailing students. And after that was like, what, two and a half, three hours? I mean, I'm, I am done, and I am fried, and I am freaking out. I mean, I'm freaking the hell out to get out that door. I cannot sit there any longer. You know, it's like three in the afternoon, yeah. and I have to run out of the door, I get get on my bike or whatever, and just right, go. Right, I can't yeah. do it. I mean, I think I would literally. Uh, I don't know what would happen if I had to work eight hours a day from home. I wouldn't. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm, like I said, I get up every twenty minutes to switch the records. Sometimes yeah, I, I go to the produce market to get some vegetables. You know. So you can stop in the middle of the day. Well, yeah, yeah lunch oh, break yeah, or. You know, or sometimes I, I exercise in the middle of the day. Oh, okay. So you're not you eight know. hours contiguous without no, no, contiguous. No, I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth. Yeah. Back and forth. And back By the way, Adrian has just offered me a. Uh, oh, you're going to talk about that stuff that you just played. A, a oh, warm yeah. tecate. A warm tecate. He's no, warm he's Stella. giving me his warm tecates. I don't want warm Stella. That's even worse. Stella. Oh, man. But like bites right through you my seem stomach. Like you're in the, you seem like you're in the mood for a nice. Warm for a Stella. nice warm Stella. Yeah, I want. Anyway, talk. <laughs> so, so um, like I said, we had two versions of the same song. The first one was the Howlin' Wolf. The song was Evil. Off of an album is the same name. Uh, this one is off of Chess Records. Um, CH1540. Ain't doing it. This is on the uh, Blue and White Chess label. 
It's uh, 1964. This one was recorded. So he was already in his middle age by that time. Howlin' Wolf. Yeah, Howlin' Wolf. He's, he started. He started like in the 40s, man. I like Howlin' Wolf. I don't like a lot of blues. Uh, I like Howlin' Wolf though. Some of the videos of him are awesome because he like, he like gets in the face of people in the crowd. He's a weirdo. He's a yeah. Weirdo, yeah, yeah. He like like gets like two inches away from their face and he's all like sweating. Yeah, I know what and, that's like. like. Yeah, yeah. I'm growling at people. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> But, but yeah, some Howlin' Wolf, and then the second version there was a band called Forty Five Grave, where I don't know if uh, people like goth and kind of crossover punk goth stuff, but um, from an album called Only the Good Die Young, from Restless Records. I don't know what year this was. It's a live album they put out but uh but i you know i like a lot of that stuff when i was growing up i mean i i have a lot of if we ever do a goth episode i got plenty well, we of can do a goth uh, yeah. you can do it all i don't have any yeah, I know, no except for southern goth like uh southern you know goth? we could watch episodes of the waltons and listen to rem you know <laughs> that's a, <laughs> i don't know what they well because i started um but wait isn't that a, isn't that cormac mccarthy isn't that considered southern goth Cor- McCarthy? you don't know who cormac mccarthy is man you philistine like one of the most famous writers of the last uh, 30 years. I don't know. Southern goth, you know. Uh, anyway, I, all right. There we go. <laughs> so that's all I know. I don't know anything else you know, about goth music, you know. Well, when I was uh, in high school. I don't I know. Was, about, I'm I was so gloomy. Kid, and I chased all the goth girls. And then I was Pale, like, flabby arm chicks with 15-foot hooks in their faces. And yeah, yeah. I loved all that stuff, man. Really? Why? Because you're in L.A. and you, you're sick of, like, Puffy haired, sort yeah, of I didn't tan want, chick I didn't from the want, Sunset like, the, Strip. And I didn't Beach. want the blonde hair, blue eyed yeah, yeah. chicks. You know, I just I wasn't into that. I was like, oh, you know, the 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 weirdo, you know, dark, goth chicks. I was like, you know, that's that that's way more interesting to me. Well, in L.A., I see yeah, how that might be the case. So, you know, so then I'll, up you know, here, I mean, you won't they find kind it. of. Uh, you know, sourced a lot of music for me. You know, they were like, oh, you know, you don't know Bauhaus, and I'm like, no. And then, you know, I learned all about all that goth stuff, and I bought all the records, and uh, I have a lot of that stuff. It's yeah, definitely, yeah. it's not worth anything. It's not goth, goth, old goth records are not worth much. <laughs> they're <anyway. not laughs> no, they're not. They're worth like 20 bucks. For like, I just know. remember going over to goth parties and people's houses where there are these very tall, pale chicks sitting around going, oh, man. That's they call it, like that's so hot. It's because they're that's wearing all, all the yeah. heels and stuff. And they're just weird. Just weird. Just they all talk like that, you know. <laughs> they most all sit the, around. Most you know. of the goth chicks I knew didn't talk at all. Well, that's true. They're not supposed to talk much, but yeah, they, they did. Didn't you know, talk at all. And it was like so. But I'd ask them out, and I'd be like, "Do you want to go to the movies on Saturday? You know, do you want to go see E.T.? And E.T. And they'd be like... Was that when you were like seven or something? Yeah. No? Yeah. Like 12, 13. Yeah, I, I guess know. E.T. came out when yeah, we were about 10 like, or 12. Yeah, yeah you know, do you want to go to the movies? And they'd go, okay. I'd yeah, be like, wow, she it. said yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, You know, and then we'd go to the movies. And I'd be like, yeah, you know. Go see E.T. Hanging out with goth chicks, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to... I don't have much <laughs> on that. I knew goth people and all that shit. But Funny thing is, you know, flash forward 25 years... And Vega my, or, my girlfriend uh, or, that I live with now is blonde oh, hair and no, blue no. eyes. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> no, you had what's From her LA. name? Vegas. Got chick, <laughs> so that's, you know? so that's uh, kind of odd. What are you going to do, man? All hey, you right, know, so why don't we play uh, some happy metal? Some happy metal, yeah. Well, sure. I was thinking last time we were talking about a bit about power metal and how 
sort of cheesy it was, but it, we like Blind Guardian or something like that. But, um, and now uh, this isn't, or we talked about Rhapsody. I don't know. I, I was thinking one of the bands I like from that genre, but they consider power metal that certainly sounds happy is, uh, which some people might consider cheesy is um, right there in front of you. This the Talisman there uh, is that what that's called or what's that record called? The Sacred Talisman. The Sacred, yeah, by um, Nocturnal Rites. Uh, the first song, <laughs> Destiny Calling, man. Now that is happy metal. So really? for example, well, let's let's play it. Let's listen. To it. It's I like it. It's really well done, man. Anybody, you guys, any of you listeners out there who know about this band, um, Nocturnal Rites, it, it, you know, uh, they do this style right. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, if you're gonna like, a lot of people think they're cheesy. If you like this style, they really, really do it right. I believe they're Swedish. Um, and this is from like you know. 99 or something this record i think it's got great artwork oh yeah yeah yeah
right, that was uh, the band Colossus from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I think now they're called uh, Mega Colossus. Okay. Now that called wasn't really happy metal. No. That was a song called Bubba Zanetti. Not and, like uh, Nocturnal Rights. <laughs> not as happy. as not, as not nearly as happy, but still awesome. Uh, I remember we saw these guys. We played, uh, I think it was in Raleigh, or there was this, some college town I think we played where we played with them. Uh, we never played in Raleigh, so it couldn't have been there. Um, I never played Ash- Raleigh. I never Asheville, been, maybe? Asheville. Yeah, I've never been, been to... Oh, Asheville? Asheville? North it, Carolina? South yeah. Carolina? Where? I think it was in Asheville. Is the, that that the, place? Yeah, the, the roadhouse place out in the middle of the no, guys who no, taste No, that was a different one. That was a different one. But where's Asheville? Um, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. We played there? Yeah, we played there. What was the place like? I don't remember. Uh, it was cool. It was, it was cool because cool. yeah, we uh, played with a band called Colossus. I don't believe you. And I don't, the, I, it, I don't think it was cool. And the dude gave me the demo. Uh, he did. He gave me their three-song demo and was like, I remember he was like, you know, hey man, maybe you know, maybe you can do something. Yeah, I remember thinking that they were and cool, I like, and I remember playing with them somewhere, but I don't. That's all I remember. Yeah, they were badass. I've um, somewhat followed them uh, throughout. What, what were we doing in Asheville? When was this? Like, what? we were coming back from New York, driving. Coming back from New York. Yeah, we were driving. It was a drive. It was a van tour. A long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is like 2006, 2007. But was it like I don't remember playing Asheville? I don't. I don't remember. But the uh, the genre that they have on their Facebook, yeah, is called adventure metal. Oh no, I remember that. That's awesome. Adventure yeah. metal. That had to be. That, yeah. That's advent. That's that. That was probably inspired by our uh, formerly silly, well, simil- always silly antics. Adventure metal, because I mean. Okay, maybe the guy just had a silly sense of humor. Like when I, well, I used to, I used to say things like that in, in the '90s. In uh, uh, I remember once I didn't in my first interviewer with Terrorizer magazine. I said, uh, they they asked me what is this kind of music? It's kind of weird. It's kind of and I said, oh, it's honor metal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Honor. Do you remember that? Wait. I remember you telling me the story about. Yeah, because then when we got to, uh, you know, I guess I should have expected he would expect he would print it when we got to Germany that year. Someone, uh, the guy, one of the writers for um, Terrorizer approached me and gave me the magazine. <laughs> it said, Honor Metal Slough. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, no, man. That's cool, man. I like uh, having uh, Just very, stupid, su- yeah. very succinct Adventure metals. Not, yeah, yeah. Very succinct subgenres. Yeah. You know, one of, yeah. um, one of my girlfriend's friends, what does she call it? She called Slough um Chalice rock. Chalice rock. Chalice rock, because she's kind of weird. Like you want to raise your chalice. Oh. And go. Oh well, that's the gay gobletier. Yeah, that was. It was like the gay gobletier concept. Yeah, exactly. That's what she called it. I was like, yeah. I also really enjoyed. That made quite a splash. Like the first time we went to Norway, I think they said that the flyer I still have it says it says heroic fantasy metal. Oh. And I was like. I remember yes. that heroic fantasy metal. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Great. Yes, yeah, I that's used great. Years, people would be like, "What kind of music does your heroic band play? fantasy metal?" <laughs> that's oh my god, that's gonna get you. Though. That's what I tell girls when I meet them. You know, and maybe that has something to do with my problem. Yeah, I don't. I know. I mean, it says it on my on my uh, you know my online dating page. I'm in a heroic fantasy metal band. I don't know why I'm not getting any hits on there. I mean, what? I used to come up to girls in bars and say, "Hey, how you doing? I'm in a heroic fantasy metal band." You, you know? get a lot of hit points. Like, why do you have any hair then? But uh, you get a lot of hit points. Uh, but not uh, too in many the hits. ongoing series of of uh, Mike Scalzi, um, 
being uh, that I, these anecdotes that I've brought up about being um, uh, accused of things and and mistreated in grocery stores. You know, we told you about the, yes, yeah, the one of the early one. Yeah, I got the guy. The guy pulled me aside, said you stole something here, yep, and yep. I had to go talk to the manager and that say, like "What are you talking two. about? I've never stolen anything." What? I think that was like um, episode two podcast yeah, episode. Yeah. Well, two. that was in Safeway on on King Street, right? Uh, you know, on. Uh, that's a nice Safeway. That's it why. is a nice Safeway. Yeah, and that's the, why the, they that's why they cornered. There are many homeless looking people in there. I guess right, I came right. in in sweatpants and looking dirty, that's and they. Why you stand buying a 12-pack of uh, uh, Rolling Rock. And they said, no, no one buy. And I was about to buy it. I was actually going in there to buy ice cream. Yeah, but you look like you were I had this craving. It was right at the beginning of the, of, the, uh, thi- of the quarantine. And I went in, and I wanted to buy ice cream. Uh, that's all I wanted. You know? and, I, and I went in, and uh, oh, these oh, two the security... Yeah, yeah, I know that. I, I just thought of how dumb that sounded, too. That sounded like that. And I, I'm standing... <laughs> you had to say it. I'm, I'm standing there, you know... And I couldn't find, you know what, honestly, I was looking for the ice cream, but I ended up in the beer aisle or something. And this huge security guard, this big buff, buffed up guy came and, um, sir, you know, you had to, they, they, you know, the, the, the manager said that, uh, that you had to leave because you stolen something. And I said, what are you talking about, man? I'd never been arrested in my life, never stolen anything. Blah, blah, blah. And, uh. And he said, well, uh, um, you know, he described you as this guy with a backpack or something. And I said, can we go see her? And he goes, yeah, sure. And by the time I said that, come on, let's go see her. Come on, come on. And, and then he realized I was the wrong guy. And I went, I, I stood there and I said, did you, tell, did you tell him I stole something? Is that what you said? And she wouldn't look me in the eye. It was really weird. She said, no, it was the man with the backpack. And I said, well, I got a backpack on. You know, anyway, and he apologized. He said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. And he, I said, well, can you tell me where the ice cream is? So he brought me to the, the ice cream aisle, you know, and I... <laughs> I got this really inexpensive chocolate ice cream that kept me up all night with with uh, bowel problems. <laughs> you know, it was really no, it wasn't the cheapest. No, no, it wasn't the grossest one they had. It was like actually, it wasn't that. It was Briars, which is like middle Breyers of the road. Yeah. yeah, but it was like uh, you know, it wasn't like Hagendahl. Anyway, so anyway, okay. So I mean, why am I saying this? Why do you have to reiterate the story about the damn uh, you know in, in Safeway? The ongoing series of Mike Scalzi gets abused and mistreated in Safeway um, because I noticed Safeway has some very uh, unscrupulous security guards, and and that guy was just like looked like a security guard. And he was buffed, and he was kind of wasn't that dumb really. But this guy last night, there's a Safeway right up here, uh, at uh, on the other side of Market. I don't know if you know this one on um, Jackson and. Uh, oh yeah. So, yeah. Next to the financial district. Yeah, it's a brand new one. You know, it's in that sort of complex of tower, you know, apartments yeah. up there. That's yeah, Barcadero no, Center. It's been there a long time. Oh, it has. Yeah, this has been there a long okay, time. Okay, well, I didn't. It looked new to me. Anyway, so I've been in there a bunch recently because I live. It's a nice Safeway. I live not far from there. Well, I don't know how nice it is. The no. the food, the ready-made. Well, when I used to work down there, oh I oh, the you ready-made food was really good. Okay, maybe it is. I haven't had that yet. Uh, but I go in there. I buy beer or I buy. Whatever, last night I went in there. Right? This very long bike ride. I rode out the Tiburon and back. It was about 30 miles. You know, I was, it. Yeah. it was great. No, it was a fantastic day. It was a yeah. wonderful bike ride. But when I got back, when I get back from these long bike rides, I'm very, very relaxed. I feel very good. I'm tired. But I feel really, you know, just yeah, like, ah, oh, everything yeah. opens up. I feel very, you know, not, not stressed at all. So I go in there. Your chakras are all aligned. My chakras are all aligned. That's right. That's right. My chi is very, uh, my chino is very, you know, <laughs> I can, that's sort of what it is. Uh, my, my, chi, my chino is very, you know, I feel like, uh, what is chino? Puerto Rican. And I, I walked in there feeling very Puerto Rican. See, they, they racially profiled me is what they did. They, they, uh. No, I, I, I walked in, and th- you know what they actually did? They didn't do that. I walked in there, and that same security guard I've seen a million times, he's actually a cop. For some reason, they have a cop with a gun working that place. Oh. I, yeah, sitting out front. 
to enforce social distancing. I don't know what. And that guy, and I've seen him before. I even said hi to him that night. I said, hey, how you doing? And I put my mask on. I walked in. I've seen the guy a bunch of times. I've been there a bunch of times near my house. And I walked in, said hi to the, the cop, you know, and uh, I, I was going to go buy this. You ever tried oat milk yet? Oat, yeah. oat milk? It's oh, like yeah, soy yeah. milk or this or that. Well, yeah, they have this uh-huh. oat milk in there that I, that I got, and I kind of liked it. So I went back, and I, I needed some you know, to eat with my cereal. So I went in there, I got, get a couple of cartons of damn oat milk, you know, at Safeway around, you know, nine o'clock at night. And I walk in and all, the only thing I was doing that was weird uh, that I can remember was, um, the one thing. <clears throat> no, yeah, I wasn't acting. I mean, okay. Maybe I was, I was wearing some torn sweatpants <laughs> on the bike ride. My sweatpants were torn. Uh, but I had this, 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 uh, did you t- crash on your hoodie? Or something? No, no. Then why were your wet sweatpants torn? Because that that pair is just oh no I, I years ago I tore just uh, but not even that badly just the knees torn a little bit from playing racquetball you know they, otherwise they, they don't get you some new sweatpants no they don't look or you really want to they don't look that bad um, at all but I thought maybe it was the way I was dressed and I'm wearing these sneakers which you can see are very torn up because I can't go to the damn store to buy sneakers I don't like buying them online whatever I don't like I look about the way I did now do now right not particularly weird you're wearing not you know, at all. Why am I? I mean, look, <laughs> look at the way I'm dressed. I'm wearing a, a hoodie and Not a, at all. sweatpants and a pair of torn-up sneakers. I walk in there, and the thing that I was doing that might have put the guy out, I said hi to him, and I walked in, and I was singing. I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was walking down one of the, you know, one of the aisles there looking for oat milk, singing a Dean Martin song. You know, something like, you know, like, watch the sunrise on a hood. Not doing anything weird. No, not all. doing anything weird. Yeah. And then I noticed the guy walking behind me, and I turned around. And I said, uh, I... Uh, I thought maybe I'd gotten his way, the cop. You know, I said. You have your hood over your head. Yeah, I had my hood um, halfway. My hat, I had a baseball hat in the hood, like it was off my head a little bit, and uh, it was hanging halfway okay, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe I look like a creep or something. Yeah, that's um. And I, um, yeah, gangster look. Oh, so he thought I was a unibomber. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I said to him, uh, I thought I was getting in his way because I noticed he was behind me. I thought he was trying to get past me. I said, Oh, sorry. And I walk up and I turned around and looked at a, uh, a, a box of damn Cheerios. I'm looking at a box of Cheerios. Right, that was on sale or something, and I don't usually buy Cheerios, right? You know, uh, I buy Joe's. Oh, I got to go to Pinko Joe's and buy right. the cheaper, you know, uh, and that's Cheerios. You know, sometimes they, you know, whatever. It was like some special on Cheerios for like a two fifty. It is. That's a pretty big box. I Maybe mean, I'll get it, you know. And uh, the guy's standing behind me still. I turn around. I said, "Hey," and he goes, and he said, "The thing, cops." Okay, now I'm not gonna bit talk shit about cops now. I don't have a you know issue, but I was like, "Hey, uh, how you doing?" And he goes. The guy's pretty dumb. He goes, he goes, uh, uh, sir, what, what are you doing? I mean, what, am I, what am I doing? I'm, I'm looking at a box of cere- uh, uh, Cheerios here. Were you here. still singing the Dean Martin while you were looking at the Cheerios? Maybe, but it wasn't loud. I was like, that. I was about this loud. I was like, I don't remember even once. It was something like, watch the sunrise on an empty beach or something. I don't remember this song. I mean, it was about that loud. I mean, guys, there's guys in there. There's people in this Safeway going, <laughs> you know, insane people all over the place. And I'm singing a fucking yes. Dean Martin song. And not even that loud. I'm crooning it under my voice like that. <laughs> and uh, he's like, so what are you muttering. doing? I'm thinking, what do you mean, what am I doing? You're walking around. I was not just muttering. Like a, I was like singing. <laughs> Does the Unibomber bomber walk around singing Dean Martin songs? I don't think so. Um, and so. Did uh, you have your, your, um, your, your bag, your messenger bag? No. No, you didn't. Okay. I had a stringy backpack like the one in here, you know. Oh, so okay, it wasn't okay. even that weird. That yeah, thing's right. an Adidas backpack that's totally clean, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's that's that's. The not messenger weird. bag might look a little sketchy, yeah, so, or, or or dirty, you know. So, anyway, so I'm standing there and I go, "What?" And he goes, "Well, you're you're uh, you're acting strangely." 
And I said, <laughs> oh and I, I looked at him right in the eye, and I had a mask on. I said, what do you mean I'm acting strange? And he goes, and he goes um, do you need medical attention? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, but that's what the <laughs> this cops. This was last night? Yeah, that's what cops have to say to you. That's oh how they approach God. you if they think something's weird. They go, do you need medical attention? They're supposed to ask that. It's a thing that they always do, you know. And I said, No. Why? I, I looked at him like, here I am. I look completely, I, I was healthy. I just got on this giant bike ride. I looked, I looked, I was probably glowing from the health. Glowing. The, and I said, I looked a little tired maybe. And I said, um, you know, no. What do you mean? How am I acting strangely? And he goes, this is his response. He goes, uh, well, you're acting straight, uh, your behavior. <laughs> wait, wait, be okay, you're acting strangely. Oh, in addition to that, it's your behavior that's strange. And oh my so, god! No, so I said, I looked and I realized he had a billy club and a and a gun on him. But I didn't. Yeah. I was like, well, what's he gonna do? Kill, especially now, kill me in the middle in front of all these people. And I, and I said, well, what exactly do you mean by what am I doing that's strange? I'm sitting here looking at cereal, seriously. And he just goes, your behavior. Sort of said your behavior, and he just walked away. And I was like, I, I got, you know, oh man, I'm kind of pissed off about oh this. My like, god, that's awesome. So when I got to the register, I was gonna say, hey, you know, your security guard uh, is kind of annoying me. You know, he's acting, he's telling me that. But by that time, I said, harassing forget me. It. So I walked. Well, he was sort of harassing me. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it was. You know, once he realized, I looked him right in the eye and said, "What are you talking about?" Then he realized, okay, this guy's not gonna. He's obviously in his right mind or something, right? And he called for backup. Yeah, I guess. And he went did, outside yeah. and called for no, backup. No, I went out. It's the weird thing is I went outside and he was standing right next to my bike where I had my bike locked. And I thought, what the hell is he waiting for me or something? Is he gonna? Is he gonna? You know, is it? Can someone have a cell phone? I can get on CNN now. You know, <laughs> uh, and get on Fox News and cause a uh, awareness rally. You know, but but not, no, it's not even a good time to joke about that kind of thing, right? You know, so I so I uh, I went out there and uh, had my bag of groceries and I put it into my little bag here and I. Uh, put some hand sanitizer on. I looked at a guy right in the eye as he stand next to my bike. He's going to say something to me. And I went, hey, man, have a good night. And he just kind of goes, uh, uh, and like walked away. Oh, what the hell? You know, so yeah, that was sort of a long story. That's a good story. story, Mike. No, no, no. That's a good story because uh, <laughs> the, uh, I'll tell you, uh, there was one time, I don't know where we were. Um, Maureen and I like walked into a Walgreens late at night or something. And and you were wandering the aisles acting strange right? i was muttering to yourself i was and I, and and we were like oh my god that's mike <laughs> oh see i knew you were going to take this and try to try to agree with the cop in in <laughs> totally. your in your tradition of always anybody who takes a side against me you got to side with them that's how you that's how you operate always <laughs> oh so god. so you know that's hilarious dude so as i was i was oh, singing a dean man. martin song <laughs> <laughs> and I was probably, you know, I don't know what this guy's problem was, man. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah. And so you're going to tell me that you were about to stop me and say, sir, <laughs> sir. what are you doing? You're acting rather strangely. <laughs> now, did I see you? Did, you, did I talk to you then? Or did you just no, like, I went up to you and I said, we said hi. Yeah, we oh, that's, that's you lovely. And, and yeah. I think you were looking for ice cream. Yeah, well, that's... I yeah, think you were yeah, looking for... My yeah, God, yeah, like, now right, that I yeah. actually think... In I, Walgreens? They were like, I don't know, CVS or We've talked a lot about convenience stores and stuff like that, and, 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 and not about grocery stores and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so that kind of... Well, so okay, I mean, admittedly, like, I was looking at cereal once. I get rather vocal in grocery stores when I see things that are, they, I don't like, you know? <laughs> like, I can't believe they're charging, you know, five ninety nine <laughs> for Chef Boyardee, you know? Um, like, some friend of mine said that well, they still still accept this coupon. 
slightly. No, I don't. I don't use coupons, you but I probably, coupons? I probably should actually. Do yeah, it. I don't. Yeah. Well, you know what happened? Hey, I got, a, I got when I was last night after the the cop gave me all it's this. On the phone now. Gave me all this crap. Uh, they gave me a little thing for a free for some free ice cream. <laughs> or, you know your Safeway points that you get all the. I get a free yeah. thing of ice cream before July for. I better maybe I'll go tonight and go, go uh, get you know get beaten down by that cop or you know, I I. Uh, the coupon thing. Yeah, should not be joking now. about that stuff honestly, but I shouldn't. But but um, the coupon. I got a coupon for a free rotisserie chicken as well last Whoa. week. And it was for like four days afterwards it expired. But probably better not to eat Safeway chicken anyway. That's kind of scary. I don't know. It's kind of gross. I've had it. The skin's really hard. And you know. But uh, no, a friend of mine saw me buying cereal. A friend of mine, a friend of a friend, his girl, a friend, my friend, uh, said, oh, yeah, my, my, other, my friend saw you uh, in uh, Safeway um, looking at a box of cereal. <laughs> angrily reading the ingredients <laughs> oh and i wasn't muttering or anything as you say not at all not at all no 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 i wasn't man i was i was bitching about the cereal i was <laughs> i was looking at the box of cereal and i was going god this is all shit in this thing you know i was saying it's all it was all garbage the were you ingredient. wearing your 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 bicycle gloves with the fingers cut off i don't wear bicycle gloves with you the fingers you don't cut wear off. bicycle gloves no. no, you've seen me in weightlifting gloves with the fingers cut. Like they look like Rocky Balboa yeah, walking around there, buying buying cereal. No, I wasn't. No, no I was. I was just looking at the cereal. I said, "Yeah, I do that. I read the the ingredients on a lot of the stuff that I eat, and if it has too much garbage in it, I don't, you know, I don't eat it." You know, so I was looking at some box of cereal there, and it was all I don't remember what it was, but there's so much crap in there. I was going. This is all shit in here. So he said, "My friend saw you say, say oh this is shit, and putting it back on the shelf." And you're like dressed like the Unabomber. Yeah. Well, no, no. This is <laughs> dressed like the unit. You think if you put your hood up, then you're dressed like the Unabomber? Bomber. Yeah. Did you have your sunglasses and your little mustache? When have I? When have you ever known me to wear sunglasses? When have you ever known me to have a mustache? I don't think I've ever. Seen I don't think wear I can even grow a mustache. I don't think I've ever seen you I don't have enough sunglasses. testosterone to grow a mustache, you see? I, anyway. I, I don't think I've ever seen you wear sunglasses. No, I, on tour, you've seen me wear them. Like when we're driving or something like that. Yeah, I have maybe, to wear. But, but I, that's it. That's yeah, the only time. Wow. Yeah. I don't really hmm. even own. Well, I own a couple pairs, but I don't know. Anyway, no, I, I had my hood up. That's the only thing that someone could be suspicious about. And I was singing a Dean Martin song. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, whatever. The guy was a little bit... Um, <laughs> A little bit weird, yeah. I don't know. He thought I was weird, and if I was acting weird, and you know, by the time I turned around, tell you, well, okay, enough, enough about that. Uh, but I'm sure, if, as you say, this is, you know, if this is the truth, then we'll have much, many more episodes of me uh, being accosted in in uh, grocery stores and other places about. Yeah, I'm sure it, uh, it happened, right? Well, it just happened those two times, actually. Well, let's see. Let's not let's not go <laughs> let's, back over the let's history. Save for our next episode. Cops tend to stop me a lot. Uh, on the street and stuff like that, and say, "Hey, what are you doing here?" It happens to me quite uh, frequently, at least once a year. And uh, I don't really know why. I think it's uh, um, what they used to call craniometry. Craniometry. Well, it's, it, 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 um, they used to, you know, if you see like an old movie, like a way old movie from like the '30s or something like that, where the police will say, "Oh, well, the criminals have a certain look to them," meaning uh, they have. Uh, you know, unfortunately, now we're seeing that racial stereotypes are what they do. But but back then, they would look at um, particularly, you know, usually Caucasian uh, males and say if they have features that look uh, under evolved or something like that, like a you know, like a Cro-Magnon or a Neanderthal, that that uh, then that person is probably a criminal. 
So I and, think that's and what you match that description. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I think they're doing that. And Mike, they see the, the brow ridge or whatever it is. Or the cranial profiling. Yeah, cranial profiling. I think I've been cranial profiled in several um, instances, particularly in grocery stores where the, the, the lighting is very, uh, uh, the fluorescent lighting comes down on my, my brow ridges very uh, prominently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because the thing is, it's so funny because it's true. It's, it's probably totally true. I think true. they do. I think that's why they stop me all the time. Cast a shadow over your yeah, eyes. Yeah, and they go, oh, that guy's probably a criminal, you know. Yeah. And, he, and he's looked like the Unabomber. He's wearing a hood. Which he's I don't got, make you look like a Unabomber. He's got a low forehead and some yeah. beady eyes. No, they do. They, sta they, sta <laughs> they, they stop me all the time. You know? He's got they a, say, dark scare, dark, a dark stare. They, they say, hey, man, wh wh what are you doing? Like, can Same we see your things. ID? And I go, yeah, you can see my ID. Sure. What do you want? You know, and, it's fine with me. I don't know. It's kind of funny. I mean, is it's it? It's hilarious. I yeah. love it. All right. Well, other things that I love. Uh, here's a here's a band that we got um, turned on to when we were in um, Illinois, uh, the town that's in the southern Illinois. Carbondale. Carbondale. Carbondale, Illinois. The first time we went there. That was really weird. We yeah. were amazed because the people there, hey, they knew they knew who we were, and it was like the middle of nowhere in southern Illinois, and uh, it's a college town, right, Carbondale. Well, yeah, it's a carbon. It's it's a what is it? University of Southern. Yeah, you just said uh, it. Uh, but you, yeah, you show up and you. We showed up after some Chicago show, which was totally insane. Was yeah, and I remember and the flyer for the show at the Hangar Nine. The Hangar Nine was like a look like a hangar. Yeah. Yeah, and it was and the flyer was amazing. Like it was a hand drawn. Like really awesome flyer. I still have one from. Do that you remember version. that show? Uh, was with Ruben on drums, yeah. and Chewy was driving us. Yeah. Remember that Chewy was the roadie on that. Chewy Marzolo from Hammers and Misfortune was driving us uh, around in his van, and we played in in Chicago. I think it was Alehorn of Power. We had this crazy night, incredible show, and then we drove down to Carbondale, thinking, yeah, that's not going to be, you know, that might be a little dead. Uh, you know, some what is it, Sunday night or Monday, or and we we drive down there and. Um, we pull up, pull up in the middle of nothing. It seemed like in the middle of nowhere. Compared this to Chicago, corrugated yeah. steel. It was called a hangar because it looked like an airplane hangar. It did. Right? A corrugated steel building, and no, it just seemed like no, you couldn't he you couldn't hear anything. It didn't see. And there was just this door, this door on the side of a corrugated metal building. We opened the door up, thinking yeah, there's going to be like five people in there. You know, and the place is completely packed, yeah. and it was a pretty decent sized place. And they yell, "Slow fear!" And always be, and there's just like a mob of people all over us. We were like, "What? Wait, wh how did this happen? Carbondale, Illinois? Yeah, somehow. Uh, I, I, uh, it's just. A, but on that night, we uh, the, one of the opening a fantastic bands time. God, the, it was crazy. One of the opening bands was called the Bourbon Knights, and um, I have now ever since then. That was the night where I first, you know, got turned on to this stuff. And now I have all of their records. They have like four or five, five Well, they used six to have records. parties for us when we showed. I remember that. Oh, man, the Bourbon it was Nights. Great. Those guys are so much fun. And one time I sh we showed up there and I was, uh, I was dying in like dysentery or something. Dying. Remember that? I was like in horrible condition um, with stomach problems. And I, I went out to the van and just laid there. And you were like trying to explain to everybody what was wrong with it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was telling everybody you were 50. I was in horrible shape. I'm like, well, you know, Mike's from like the 80s and stuff. This is what, what happens when you turn 50. Oh, yeah, you used to tell them that I was older than I was. Yeah, you, when you were like 39. Wonderful moments that you used to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this and, uh, is the um, this is a band called the Bourbon Knights from Carbondale, Illinois. This is from the record A Black Spot 
13 coils and 15 men. This is the guns of Sykeston.
So that was a um, that was a band called uh, Car Sickness. Um, Shelby sent us this from uh, where did you send it from? That reminded me of something, but I don't I don't remember what it was that it reminded me of. See, a band called Car Sickness. It's from like 1980, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, I was gonna think it was like some weird specials uh, record or something that reminded me of, but I don't think it's that. It, I don't know what it was. Oh, from Get Hip Records. Every day is record store day at Get Hip, Get Hip Records. Ooh. So limited edition, uh, 200 copies. Includes a download coupon. Hooray. But yeah, hey, it's, man. It's like some weird, what, kind of, uh, I like the organ going on in there. Like well, that. That, uh, that sounds like something. I can't remember what, though. Something I heard in a, at a at like a keg party in the '80s, where there was lots of, not goth people, but lots of weird, you know, angry young men wearing thrift store clothes, <laughs> listening to like the specials and like you know stuff and like a, uh, I was gonna say Robin Crosby. They definitely weren't listening to Robin Crosby. They were listening yeah, to uh, Robin Hitch not. Robin Hitchcock. <laughs> You know, some like underground party in the '80s where people were listening to Robin Crosby and and uh, the specials. Yeah. The same party. <laughs> well, you remember when Robin Crosby toured with the specials that one time? <laughs> before before rats before out of the cellar, you know. That was like his last ditch effort before he became a success. Before he became a junkie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was in the specials for a minute there touring, you know, and then he went back to L.A. and yeah. That's a pretty interesting uh, concept, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, I think oh, we'll just oh. finish it off here. Um, let's. Uh, I got this. Finish me off. I yeah. got some Deep Purple live at the BBC record. Ooh. It's a two-record set. Deep um, cut. Yeah, not super. There's a little Glenn Hughes on there. Or who we got um, no, I don't think so. I think this is in there. I think. That was Mark III. I don't really know. I need, I don't study this stuff the way I study like okay. goth rock. Goth rock. Okay. <laughs> All, all right. right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been Slavic Radio, Season 1, Episode 11. Let's finish it off with some Highway Star. All right. Hello. 
Welcome to one of the BBC's In Concert programmes. My name is Mike Harding, and here in London, it's my pleasure to introduce old friends, Deep Purple. Oh, 
Yeah, it turns me on. 